Greetings, this podcast brought to you by Audible. Please go to audiblepodcast.com slash B-A-D-B for your free audiobook download. Also, ballcancersucks.com. Go to the doctor, get your nutsack checked out. It'll work out for you in the long run. Go to the webpage, get a t-shirt, put in B-A-D-B into the box and get 20% off. That's how we roll here at Beauty and the Beast, all right? What's happening, Felicia <laughs> Michaels? It cracks me up that like we actually have sponsors, you know what I mean? It what cracks the fuck? Me up. It's here. We got them. We got Ball Cancer Sucks. Awesome. Now we got audiopodcast.com. And I'm telling you, things are fucking looking up. You got a little picnic dress on. I have my picnic dress My wife dress is on. pregnant. You know what I'm saying? I'm on Weight Watches. Yeah. It's a beautiful fucking day. It How was your weekend? It's a beautiful weekend? fucking day. My weekend's been good. I've just been really busy. I'm having a party later today, barbecue. <coughs> so just been busy doing my thing, you know. One thing I got to tell you, you know. There's people who are cut out to do barbecues and parties, and there's people who can't. You, my friend, know how to throw a fucking party. You're so we had a sweet. friend, fucking Stacy, at one time, invited us down there at five. We got there, there was no fucking food. I had to go to the deli and get a sandwich, like a fucking, like a Pollock on the eighth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the fuck? I had to eat the sandwich. I'm not lying to you. I come here, there's tables out, there's food out. And more than abundance of food. I mean, you always know fruit. You don't give a fuck. You got vegetarian. Well, if you're gonna have a party, have a party, yeah, right? You, you don't fuck around. I'm not a good hostess. I've never had a. I don't know how to throw a party. The parties I had, the last party I had, was a month before my mother died at that house. My mother went to Florida to sell the property, uh-huh. and I wanted to be cool, so I had a party at my fucking house, and it was just crap. I didn't. I couldn't handle it. I didn't like beer on tables. I don't like that shit. People drinking people spilling beers that smell of beer oh, oh yeah oh, well I'm that's because like, you grew up in a bar right yeah but yeah. That, that, I'm like Felix Unger you ever watch the odd couple Felix Unger when you don't use a coaster uh-huh. I lose my fucking mind when you don't lose a coaster I don't know why because of that bar oh, because yeah. I would have to wax the bar and I would see the stains and I would go ma tell these motherfuckers to use a coaster so now I'm in my house and I have this party <laughs> and it was a crazy night because uh, there was this I swear to God we had a six foot five St. Lazarus in our living room. St. Lazarus is a saint in the Catholic religion that is licked by dogs. One dog looks like oh, your right, dog, right, Fonzie, right, right, and right. the other one's a brown uh-huh. dog, and he had uh, he has crutches. Well, my fucking my stepdad was so enamored with this saint that he gave the guy, he bought him special crutches, uh-huh. and his, the thing around his head, the, the sainthood thing uh-huh. around his head was the fucking calf. 14 karat gold. Uh-huh. And my father went all out for this saint. This was his statue. <laughs> when he sold the flower, somebody brought this into the flower shop. He bought it for like 300 And it was the statue that when you walked in the front door, you even if you lived there, you mm-hmm. would go, oh, because you thought it was somebody standing there. Now, this was my father's favorite statue. He left. Left my mother, and my, it was just me and my mother living in this house. And he was coming to get this statue eventually. And the 14-carat gold thing was there. Uh-huh. And there was an argument about a girl. Her name was Darcy Bizzani. They called her Darcy Head. I'll never forget that. And she was going to sleep with a kid. She was like a senior, and she was messing around with one of my buddies. And they went to the attic. And in the middle of she's in the attic, the boyfriend comes. And he's like, where's Darcy? I'm here to pick her up. And we're like, we don't know. And he's like, I better find out what the fuck's going on. He had like three gorillas. Going, this is in my house. And I'm looking at this go down. And they're like, if we don't know where Darcy is, we're going to start smacking fucking people. And all of a sudden, this kid, I'll never forget him, Chris Donovan. They called him the Red Devil, the original. He was the only <laughs> kid in the neighborhood that had red hair. Uh-huh. They called him the Red Devil. He's on Facebook. He fucking got up and took one of the crutches 
out of the saint's arms. Mm -hmm. Right there, my heart stopped. Because if they <laughs> break this thing, my father's going to shoot me and everybody involved in this fucking thing. He took the crutch on. He goes, ain't nobody lifting a hand. Ain't nobody lifting a hand in this kid's house. It's disrespectful. You want to fight, take it outside. But if it, you move one more fucking inch, I will hit you with this fucking crutch. And there was a pin drop, and they turned around, walked out of my house, and that's the last time I had a fucking party. You understand? Because <laughs> I don't like fucking parties, because that's the shit. And my mother would have flipped if she'd have came home, and that statue would have been cut in half. Until this day, that statue exists somewhere. When he died 30 years later, my stepdad still had that statue of fucking St. Lazarus. So I'm talking into the mic, Felicia. I'm talking into the fucking mic. So what else, sweet lips? Fourth um, of July week is upon us. Fourth of July week, yeah, and it feels like everyone I know just has no Fourth of July plans. Like everyone's confused. It's on a something. fucking Wednesday. They gotta yeah. fix the calendar. You gotta make it on a Friday. It's not yeah. gonna work on Monday. People all fucked up. How are you gonna get people right. Wednesday off? Then they gotta go back to work Thursday and Friday. Uh -huh. Then they have Friday. It's like Christmas on a fucking Sunday. It just don't work. I need right. the day off, cocksucker. It's like we got Christmas cheated. Eve on a Saturday. Yeah. Just don't work. That means you gotta work all week. You don't want to. And it fucks your your whole. I'm week fucked up. up. I'm yeah, all discombobulated yeah. this week, but I don't give a fuck yeah. because 10 days, 7 days from the 4th of July, we're in San Francisco at Cobbs taking our fucking act on the road, cocksucker. So make sure you're there. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but. Uh, you can uh, go on your website, joeydiaz.net, and, uh, and there'll Cobbs, be a link right. Uh, right to Cobbs. Or that's go to right. Cobbs, yeah. And what that's else right. is going on in your world? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, well, you know. Just trying to get my summer organized. I don't mean to keep harping on that subject, but I didn't even know what I was going to do at the end of the summer, but I have kids, so I have to take them somewhere. And uh, so I just felt like, you know, I'm terrified to go on a trip for some reason. You ever get that way? Like, yeah, where you have you... anxiety. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. When are you planning on doing this trip? Well, I think I'm uh, at the end of July. And this is the train ride. No, I'm you not going to do the, the train, train ride. Yet. You don't want to <laughs> do the Denzel fucking movie. <laughs> You don't want to do that one, do you? <laughs> and that did cross my mind. So, uh, uh, so What's that movie with the train? Yes, it ain't yes, bad. It ain't yes. bad. That's like, actually kind what of a the fun fuck? movie. Yeah, it's not but bad. But after you watch that movie, you're like, yeah. Uh, I, don't yeah I, don't even, I don't even like train crossings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't even like train crossings. Back out. Get yeah. out of here. So anyway, so we're going to fly to Kansas and then fly to New York. I'm going to take my kids to New York and meet my niece. Uh, oh, yeah. the furry. Yeah, the okay, furry, yeah. Good. Hey, what did I say to your dog? Why don't you take him camping? Isn't there not, you like camping, don't you? You're from Colorado and shit. Uh, look, I uh, am not going <laughs> to take them fucking camping. Okay, you I'm know, just like, what the fuck? This you, know, is you know, I do a lot with them. Like, I, I went camping, but we would do camping like up uh, by Santa Barbara and this place called El Capitan. But it's like a hotel kind of camping, uh, yeah, you know. Like camping uh, for, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I would be too afraid, just myself and them. That and would the two be, boys. You know, yeah, you know. But think about the fucking story the boys would have one night when they're hanging out with their boys in a fucking shed and they're drinking and they're like, don't you want to drink? And they'll go, fuck no, why not? Because I seen my mom tear the head off a fucking bear when we were camping and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll go, what the fuck? Mom knows. It's, when you take your boys camping as a mom, that's fucking... But I like those boys. See, I, I always like the idea of camping. I just don't like the idea of not showering and being in the wilderness. Wiping your ass for two days and not oh, putting yeah, water like on that. it. Oh, yeah, I don't like that. Or you have to pee in the lake. I'm going to wash my ass in the lake. I yeah. like the, 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 like the Republican it, yeah. camping yeah. where there's showers and there's a diner in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. uh, my wife is the guest today, but I want to tell you something, Felicia, because I might as well start the podcast off 
with a fucking uh, a note that'll knock you off your, your your seat. You know. Okay. We really dig you, Felicia. You're the goods. You know, me and my wife really dig you. So we're. I was talking to my wife on the way over here. You know, I'm Catholic. I'm crazy. Uh-huh. My religious beliefs are like Jeet Kune Do. I, I like Buddhist. I like Santeria. And I like the Catholicism. Uh-huh. But I like the idea of the, there's one thing about the Catholic religion that I've always liked, and that's the concept of the godparent. And if you live through it, you understand the concept of the godparent. I shit on my godfather uh, at, at 18, and it, and it always hurt me. He died. He I don't know if he's still, if he's still alive, he's still furious at me. But... Uh, to most people, the concept of the godparent is if something happens to your child, that person takes that child with no questions mm-hmm. asked. Like that, that's it. They have a relationship early on. Uh, the, the official godparent would be Terry's sister, but she's uh, in Tennessee waiting for the Yankees to attack them. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> the Yankees are going to attack them. Texas and uh, Tennessee are going to war against the rest of the country. We'll get to that political. From the union. So the logical choice is you. I really love you. I see what you do with your children, and I want to empower you with that. We announced on the podcast last week that I was having a child, and people have been tweeting me, so I want to thank everybody. And I just want to tell you in public that it would be the obvious choice. I've known you for two or three years, really 20 years, but I see the kind of person you are. And if I had a child and something would be happen to me, the only way I could leave this world knowing that I'd be okay is knowing that you would look after my child. Wow. And that's a, a beautiful wow. statement. So you you're the guys. godmother. I don't know who the godfather is yet. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get some voodoo to see if I get Marlon Brando Holy back cow. from the grave. So wow. you're wow. the official godmother. You're a, you're a solid wow. woman. I see what you uh, do with your children. The other day we were here fucking around at night Felicia said to me Joey you know when the kids get older would you come over and uh, you know tell them what's fucking crack a lacking and it'd be my honor <laughs> I took it home and I thought about it and it'd be my honor because the people that got through to me weren't family it was people that had something different that I looked at and I always remember one thing they said so I really want to let you know that you're wow. the official godmother right now. You're going to go wow. to church. And so wow. that whole week, you can't suck a dick 30 days before you baptize a child. <laughs> what? Yeah, you do know that. Well, I don't know. It's, it's deep in the know. scripture. The Corinthians <laughs> threw that in. So you can't suck a dick 30 days before be you... Be a godparent to Joey Diaz's baby and yeah. not be able to suck <laughs> a dick? I 30 days. You can't, have a dick. You, can't, you can't have a dick in your hand because if you put your finger in the holy water, it'll bubble up. It'll turn green and shit. I'll do it. <laughs> wow, you guys. Thank you. That is, wow, you guys. That is, uh, that is interesting. That's, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> awesome. a, a lot awesome. of people don't know that I want to bring that concept back to this country that it, it settles a parent. It's like the mafia. If in the mafia, if your kid's on a fucking deathbed and you get the call, they got to go kill somebody, you got to go kill that person. It's the same thing when you're a godparent. It's a very big responsibility. And some people take it as a joke. It's not a fucking joke. A godparent is a, is a tough fucking job because it's your unconditional child, you know. And in the, in the Cuban faith, oh my God, it's like you have to pick that kid up once a week. Like, oh yeah, it, it's, yeah. Like they expect it. Like, uh, get dressed. He's coming to get you. They, let him fucking deal with you for an hour because they would talk to him. They settle right. the kid down. Right. You know, when there's a problem at school or he broke a window, the godparent gets a call. Dog, 
talk to him before I break his fucking head. Right. Felicia, talk to this motherfucker because I'm going to fucking stab him. Tell him. Tell him. You know, and that's the godparent thing. He comes over. They call it throwing in the towel. Uh-huh. And then after you talk to the child, you both come over to the parent and go, he wants to talk to you. I'll never take $20 out of your purse again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the concept. Of, uh, Let's just hope it's only a 20. Yeah, no, that's, that's the concept. <laughs> that was never Joey Diaz's limit. <laughs> Joey, did you take my 20? Uh, no. <laughs> yes, was you it did. Purse? I didn't see it. I don't know what the fuck happened to it. <laughs> you know, it's Funny. so weird. The, uh, last week on the podcast, we talked about hanging in with something, you know. And uh, it's after we got the tweets and stuff, we discussed putting my wife on the podcast. We've discussed it a couple times. She's been on one. She was on the James Coburn podcast. Right, yeah, that was a good one. <clears throat> and uh, it's funny that you stick with things. And it's funny that a person like me never stuck with anything. And from the minute I met Terry, I mean, I moved in two months later, and we've been together for 13 years this weekend, today. Uh-huh. 12 years. 12 years, and it's funny because for <laughs> nine of those years, we lived in a one-bedroom fucking room. You were yeah. there. You no, know? that was a tiny and, uh, apartment. And it's just weird that you sit back and you look at all these things, and now... For her to be pregnant, and some people emailed me, and they were like, "Congratulations!" We could hear the the thing in your voice. Did you read that email? <laughs> Somebody wrote they could read the tension in your voice. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Like a lot of people have gmailed us or me to say, uh-huh. "Hey, congrats! It's gonna be cool, dog. Yeah. You're gonna really go into your realm." And uh, a couple months ago, I was somewhere, and I was looking at my wife, and I was saying to myself, "Jesus Christ! If anybody deserves a kid." It's my wife. Too bad. I'll never be able to. I'm too old. You know, the sperm ain't working. And look, now she's 90 days in. You know, uh-huh. She's puking still in the fucking shower. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Terry. Yeah. 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 For yeah. the puking. Yay, puke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That first trimester is a motherfucker. Terry, have you listened to the podcast? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm curious if you know all these stories he's talking about. But, I mean, I know the stories, uh, for, you know, 12 years, you know. I've been on the repeat cycle of a lot of these stories. You guys are just catching them for the first time. <laughs> so I don't really listen to the podcast because I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Same reason I don't go to a lot of shows. Um, but, you know, I'm very proud of Joey. He's, um, if you'd have met him 12 years ago, you would be as astonished as everybody else is around him that was around 12 uh-huh. years ago because... Uh, I think I'm not spilling any secrets here by saying he was one hot mess 12 years ago. Yeah, I'm always very curious, and I've always wanted to ask you this, Terry. When the first time you saw Joey Diaz, what was it at the comedy store? Uh, Joey thought I was someone else, and threw me onto the back counter at the comedy store, thinking I was a different waitress. And I'd never <laughs> dice on him before in my life. And I was like, "What the hell is wrong, with this guy?" Um, and I was like really pissed at him. And he was like, hey! And I was like, who are you? Stop touching me. You know, at the comedy store, the waitresses and the comics don't necessarily have such a love-love relationship. So it was freaky. But then um, we started hanging out and I honestly can't remember exactly how it all got started, except maybe we were all at the Coach and Horses one night. Oh, it's all it started Josh at the Coach Wolf and Horses. And yeah, and Joey and me. and How many things have started at the Coach and Horses, right? Uh, and ended badly. 
possibly that same evening. Um, yeah, then we ended up over at Josh's apartment. We were all hanging out, and we just started um, kind of going out for coffee and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, I thought we were just friends. And so I actually told him while we were at coffee one night, it's like, you know, we're not like dating, right? The hell we're not. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know how to react from that, you know? And it was very, in the beginning, especially, I wasn't used to and didn't really know how to deal with Joey's uh, uh, personality. It was very, this is what's happening. Even if you didn't agree with it, this is what's happening. And you, you're like, there was no questioning it. You, you know? mean how it is right now? <laughs> but not with me. He's not that way with me. With me right now. He's that way with everyone else still. But uh-huh. um, even when he moved in, he came in off the road one weekend with this enormous duffel bag. And he never left. And I eventually just was like, are you going to live here? Do you need to go get your stuff? And he goes, what stuff? Your other stuff. I mean, surely you have more than what's in this duffel bag. He goes, no. Literally, I had no idea that Joe Diaz owned nothing except what was in a duffel bag at the time. I thought he had an apartment. It wasn't his apartment. It was Ralphie May's apartment. Uh, <laughs> even a more delightful picture i'm sure it was uh i was like what have i gotten myself into and, and i wasn't really sure i wanted to stay in that particular situation but then we ran into eleanor kerrigan at ralph's who was the lead waitress at the comedy store mm-hmm. at the time and she was like are you guys living together and i was like honestly eleanor i don't know and then it was kind of like, now I'm in it. Now I don't know how to get out of it. Even if I want to get out of it. I, I don't know if I could get out of it. And that's kind of how it started. And it just kind of grew into something. But it was really not organic. I'm not saying that. It was not organic yeah. at all. But it did, just kind of happened. Did you like how he was on stage? Like, when you first saw him, did you get it? You know? I got it when I saw him in the original room. Um, you can kind of tell who's who's got it and who doesn't have it. And I couldn't, and I'm sure like everybody else, it's hard to figure out where to put him. But there's a few comics like Joey, and Brian Holtzman's the same way. They're so big and so funny. Mm-hmm. and so rip your heart out that you don't know where to put them. You know, and I think that was what was going on with Joey for the first uh, 10 years that we'd been together. It's he was so hard to place. You don't know what to do. He's just mm-hmm. so big. And uh, he's intimidating. He's intimidating to other comics. He's intimidating to the audience. I mean, he's funny to the audience. It's kind of like the audience is afraid not to laugh. <laughs> but it's, uh, he was bigger than life, mm-hmm. especially on, it, give it a 4th of July. On a, if the 4th of July were on a Monday and the comedy store had the open mic and then 
the regular comics coming up on that Sunday. Mm -hmm. Any holiday Sunday, Joey would go up there and host the show, and it would just, the room would be ripped apart. You know, uh, that it was very impressive to me. And I, you know, no, not every time Joey steps on stage is it funny. Uh, and he knows I don't think so. Um, I might cut that out. <laughs> We're trying to sell tickets. May, Come on, Derek. You may on. leave it in. <laughs> say whatever you want to say. That's what you may saying. leave it in. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's never scripted. It's always fly by the seat of his pants. You're probably never going to see the same set twice. So of course, it's not always going to be. Abs- you know, things happen. Um, even when it is scripted, it's never a hundred percent accurately funny no i it, no but he's very yeah like it, what you do joey you're very very good at what you do like it's amazing you know well and that it's very interesting if you're a waitress for like yeah because you've seen it all yeah so you know it is funny because it hits you because you're not expecting it you know you'll be sitting there minding your business and waiting on tables and then all of a sudden he'll just hit you out of nowhere and you'll just nearly lose your tray you know and other comics, you know, you get the same kind of feel for, but he was uh, he was impressive to me because I don't think anybody would want to admit that he was that funny. Right. And it pissed me off, along mm. with a lot of other things at the beginning of our relationship. It pissed me off about other people. You must have the patience of Job, right? Is that the expression, you know? Because you, uh, you know, because, you know. He was a lot to deal with. His friends were a lot to deal with. Um, but I was a lot to deal with. Let's be honest. You know, I was a a raging drunk. Yeah. Not, no, I'm no picking up my It's stuff. so weird for me to imagine that because I didn't meet you. No. At that time, you know. No. I actually, uh, If I don't think if, if I hadn't met Joey, I don't think I'd turn my life around. Because I actually met someone who cared whether or not I turned my life around. You know, and it wasn't about, our friendship wasn't based on going to get the next drink or going to the next party or it was Mm -hmm. actually avoiding those things more than, and so, you know, Joey's my best friend, so. Yeah. It's weird because I don't really have girlfriends. I'm not a girlfriend kind of girl. (laughs) Gosh, wonder why. Uh, have you met my husband? <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was funny because when I first started dating her, she was telling me a story one night. And, you know, in those days I used to do blow and my mind was racing on the way home. And she was telling me this fucking story on how she went out and, and she got to a car accident and she banged her head and she walked away and she went home and it was a hit and run, but they didn't charge her and, just and I'm like, I mean, honestly, I hit a tree. It's not like I hit a person. Right, like hit a tree. It just and and it was weird because I went over there, and you know, Felicia, it's weird because you live your life not knowing. I always tell people to fucking live your fucking life and do not question it. You know, you have friends that every six months they come up to you and they go, "Hey, man, you know, I'm dating this person. What do you fucking think?" And all the signs are there. It's right before you fall in love, all the signs were there. And it's weird how we we hit it off, and we were a couple, but not really. But the first time I went to a house was for lunch. And we had 
$6 between us. Now, most girls in Hollywood, if you show up with $6, would look at you and throw you out. I, I made fried chicken tenders and black eyed peas. And black eyed peas. And we watched Law and Order, and that was our date. You know, and we, and we had, it was so weird how the evolution, we had a TV, and then we bought a VCR together. <laughs> that was fucking huge. And it was one of those little square that is a going steady kind of thing. It was like a DVD player, but that was all it was, and it was just in a little square box. And then we bought a television, and it was huge, and we would invite our friends over because we had a friend that would come and over with us. we still have that television. We still have it. We would use it. Yeah, we use it. It's in the bedroom. I use it. It's in the bedroom. Uh, and we would have a friend come over, and she would come over with us after the, 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 law, the comedy store, and we'd watch Law and Orders in those days. It was on A&E. And we watched Law and Order till five in the morning. And we, you know, we were just like this little troop. But she was like the threesome. She didn't really dig me. And I remember she brought over a tuna sandwich one night. And I was like, you know how? Like, who the fuck raises you that you show up at somebody's house with food and you don't offer food to somebody? That was this. And I said to her, "What? No tuna sandwich for me?" And she went <laughs> fucking crazy on me. And me and my wife were laughing, and pretty much sea sifted away. And it was like we were dating. We were living together, but we weren't, but we were dating. And I was always on the road then. Yeah. I was always on the fucking road. But we started buying things. We bought a juicer. Then oh, we, no. We he bought a bought microwave. Every, no, you didn't buy a juicer. You bought a juicer, and then you bought this other... Uh, you bought three different kinds of juicers. He was on a juicer craze. He bought small appliances, <laughs> every single stupid small appliance for the kitchen he could think of, and we never, ever used one. We still have the regular citrus juicer, but he bought one for, like, cantaloupes. And what? <laughs> As if you're going to drink cantaloupe juice for the long haul. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... No, it's fucking hysterical. Like, that's not a juice that's going to have any staying power. That's hilarious. And it was funny because I fell in love with a Felicia, but I had to hold off because at the time I had so many different things pending. I had an ex-wife. I had a kid. I didn't know what was going on. An ex-wife that he told me he was still married to. And, the, and I'm like, no, you're not. Because yes, I am. No, you're not. He's so full of shit. And, uh, <laughs> and I had... <laughs> You know, criminal cases, I don't know who was going to knock on the door. And I would look at this girl and I'd say, you know what, there's some women that are cut out for you getting in trouble and doing time, but there's other women who aren't, and there's women that you don't want to put into that world. But you were and never, that, you, you never struck me as someone who wanted to be in that, or wanted to live the way you were living. No, I didn't. If you enjoyed it. And you really, I mean, that's what made me so angry with you is that you were never having a good time. It's not like you were over at, like, this is what n nothing, nothing nearly destroyed our relationship more than he would go out and he wouldn't go out to do anything crazy. He'd be over at Mike Favorman's. But I'd wake up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. He still wouldn't be home. And I wouldn't have any messages on the phone, nothing. And I'm like, and he wouldn't answer his phone and it would be like six o'clock in the morning and I still don't know where he is and he's not answering his phone. Not that I think he's doing something he shouldn't be doing, but I'm thinking something's happened to him and all he's doing is sitting over at Faberman's and he fell asleep. And I'm like, don't be a jackass. I don't care that you're at Faberman's. Go to Faberman's. 
pack up and stay at Favorman's. I don't care. But just tell me you're going to be there. Right. I don't give a shit. I don't care if you're going to strip club. It doesn't bother me. Just tell me. You know, when I first started dating, I was still a comic. You and were I more. And I didn't understand the business side <laughs> of it. I didn't understand the business side. I didn't understand that you had to be up early and fresh in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I met Dice, Dice said something to me one night. He goes, so you don't stay up all night? I'm like, no, am I supposed to? He's like, yeah, you're a comic. You have to go home at night and stay up, right? So for the longest time, I was insulted. I went home at night to snort blow. I didn't know you had to oh. stay up. And fucking, so I caught on that. I remember one night I went home, and she was sitting waiting for me, and she started crying. She goes, the phone rings at this house all hours of the night. Marilyn Martinez. And it's not you. Marilyn Martinez would call at 3.30 in the morning, and when Terry would pick up. Cocksucker. She would say, cocksucker. (laughs) And my wife would go, what the fuck are these people? Who are these people? What are these people calling here? And I would never have drug people or nothing like that calling. I just had like comedy people that they were up at night watching Mm -hmm. TV. But it was really weird how it kept going, and I kept not knowing where it was going. And uh, at like the four-year mark, I looked at him and then I go, we have to do so. something has to be. At the four-year mark, I think I was ready to yeah. actually kill you because yeah. that's when your sleep apnea had went to uh, an all-time low. He was falling asleep in mid-conversation. He would fall asleep, and you were... I'd never seen anyone smoke so many cigarettes in my entire life. And at the time, I was smoking a pack and a half a day, and he was smoking four packs a day. And nothing would piss me off more than to get up in the morning after I had a full pack of cigarettes in my purse when I went to bed at night, and I had just got you a fresh pack of cigarettes. And I wake up in the morning, and there's not a cigarette in the house. And there were (laughs) burn marks all over the rug where you'd fallen asleep and burnt holes in the rug. It was like something has to end. You have no idea how bad the sleep apnea was. The sleep apnea was to a point that we didn't know what it was. We thought it was a bad case of insomnia mixed with addiction. So what I would do is I would go home and take four or five or six time RPMs. And then he'd eat six or seven snow cones during the day. And I'd fall asleep for seven hours. Not even. I'd fall asleep for 45 minutes. And I'd get up and I'd be up the rest of the night. There's people who take six of those things and pass out and wake up and they're still fucked up the next mm-hmm. morning. I would stay up, Felicia, and I do this three, four nights in a row on those time RPMs. So I was just a walking zombie. You know, that's why I tell people, when you get that thing, when you start breathing and you, you wake up and you're out of breath and you're tired, go get checked out because it evolved. It went mm-hmm. from And it's not Z. just you. It's the person you're with because nothing is scarier than to be with somebody who's choking to death right next to you. And there is nothing you can do about it. And nothing they'll do. They will not listen to you. And it was almost a deal breaker. But she went up and looked at the insurance. And it had level one insurance. And she hooked it up and made some calls. And I went to see a doctor who I was scared to go see. She had to actually go with me. And every time I would go to the doctor's office and sit down, I'd fall asleep in his chair. And she would wake me up and go to the doctor's in the room and... I got it treated, man. I got a machine. Yeah, you have no idea what it's like to be in your early 30s and you're supposed to be this, you know, party girl and you're a comedy store waitress and you're like some one of the surliest girls in Hollywood and now you're 
boyfriend wears a Top Gun mask to bed with me. It was like, oh my God, where's my life gone? It went from being a, a nighttime, you know, fun kind of relationship to being serious, deadly serious and real fast, for me at least. And then Felicia Michaels, I came home after we got the sleep apnea mask and he was doing better and he was out with someone who shall remain nameless, but I know who it is. And I woke up to a Coke straw in the living room floor and I thought I was gonna kill him. And I don't think I've ever wanted <coughs> to kill him so badly. And I, I, I can't even tell you how furious I was. I was ready to take that fucking Coke straw and shove it in his eye. And I told him, I said, you want to die? Go die. But get out of here. Go die somewhere else with someone who deserves to watch you die. But that ain't me. So don't do that. And I, I know he didn't stop, but he stopped in the house. You know, don't die. Don't have me wake up and have you dead on my floor. I don't deserve that. And at that time, Felicia, it was just a week away. When I got diagnosed, I was, the blood pressure was 180. The fucking, the eating was absurd. You know, the, the growth in my clothes, it was like every time I, I'd go to button my pants. The growth fucking, in your neck. The growth in my neck. He had a glaucoma in his neck. He was like fucking Quasimodo. <laughs> had a fat ball that every time I would breathe, it would get bigger. Yeah. It was right here, Felicia. Felicia was right here. It, it was, was a bump. Coming I would go to the doctor. Collar. Well, let me ask you this, though, Terry. What made you stay? What was it about him that made you stay? I, I loved mean, him. Yeah. And <clears throat> he loved me. And is that's, I mean, God knows I had, you know, I don't know what made me stay, to be honest with you. Um, I had faith in him. I had faith in him when no one else had faith in him. He uh, has, no, no one has agitated me more in my entire existence and me stuck around for it. Um, I think what made me stay in the beginning is when people would come up to me and say, you're a nice girl. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. One, don't presume I'm a nice girl because you don't fucking know me. And secondly, don't insult my intelligence by assuming that I can't figure out what I've gotten myself into. So it pissed me off. In my darkest times, I've always looked around me, to the people around me. And even when I went to prison, you know, Felicia, I've told you this, it was nothing. It was a cakewalk when I went to prison. That shit you hear, again, it was 30 years ago. It was 20 years ago, things were different. What killed me the most about prison was the look on people's faces when they came to visit me. How bad they felt for me. And it broke my heart. Listen, they had seen me after I kidnapped somebody. They were my friends. I, I didn't care how they saw me. But there was something about their face I had let them down. They put time into me. They put energy into me and they put love into me. And that was always a big desire in the back of my soul. 
even with the people that I put in the documentary or the people I grew up around, if they fed me one time, the reason why I was out here representing, it was because they helped me get through that day, which was the most important thing. And I was going through all this stuff at the house with her and I was going through the addictions and stuff and uh, I started getting busy, Felicia, real busy, majorly busy, like, you know, movies, not the shit I'm doing mm-hmm. now, movies, studio films, you know. And uh, <clears throat> she slowed me down. She was the answer I had been looking for all those years and I didn't even know it. Sometimes you have a gem right in front of you and you don't fucking know it. We're the last... We don't we don't look there for that gem. Right. And uh, the other day we were having a conversation about men. And, mm-hmm. we were, and, I, and we were talking about the other aspects of your life, your children. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, the most important thing is for you to be happy first and everything else will roll into place. I don't want you ever to go on a date and because the guy says he builds nuclear arms, he can't be around your kids. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to be happy first. And that was the thing with Terry. I, wanted, I didn't want her to find me on the fucking floor. She didn't deserve that. I know a thousand people that deserve to find me on the floor. I could fuck with them, but she didn't deserve it on any level. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we went to see a premiere, the Spider-Man Two premiere. I'm a fucking kid from prison, from Jersey. She's a girl that eats squirrels from Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's get down to fucking basics here. Let's get down to fucking basics. That's why we're together. I'm no prize. We've never, we've never forgotten. Stop we've, it! Just stop it. No, we've never forgotten. Yeah. We've never forgotten that. I'm a fucking kid from Jersey. This could all change like that, motherfucker. And you're from the hills of Tennessee next to a I'm pig farm. I'm from the farm. flatlands of Whenever Tennessee. we drive onto her property, I always go, that's not me, because I smell the pig farm. Mm-hmm. And I always look at her, and I'm like, that's not me. It's not me farting. <laughs> and I'm you know like, what I'm saying? I know that. There's a pig <laughs> so farm over there. So we don't forget. And we went to this premiere, and I'm looking around. Maybe that's why you can tolerate it. Yeah. And I'm looking around. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> raised on a hog farm. There's very little that's going to upset me. And I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the people in my life, and I'm looking at who I valued. And I'm looking around going, all these people I value, she's the one here with me. She's standing right next to me, and she's happier than I am. I'm embarrassed that I'm fucking here. I got to go watch me on a screen. Look at her face. I could see the blue eyes and the teeth. And that was when it started evolving. Then I got mm-hmm. the longest yard. You know, a lot of people don't know if the longest yard was, I was up till two. But I had to get up at four. And every morning I'd get up and there'd be coffee and there'd be a fucking football uniform out for me to wear. And she'd stay up with me for an hour. I'd get in the car and she'd fucking go back to bed. How many women fucking? But meanwhile, I'm out talking to fucking women and talking to guys at two in the morning at the comedy store. And she's at home waiting for me. You know, these are the things I didn't see. I had been married once before. It failed. I failed as a man because that's what it is. Let's get down to it. It's not irreconcilable differences. It's not that I don't want you to be a Scientologist. You failed. Somewhere along your relationship, the communication failed. And I I I didn't want the baggage from all that shit to come into our relationship. I wanted it to be very... uh, And eventually I got into that movie and eventually... They were personal landmarks. They weren't monetary landmarks. They were personal landmarks, and we were doing them together, which is what a couple does. In this country, a couple gets together, and if you can't afford a house two years later and she can't have a kid, they break up and they leave. We've forgotten what this is about. Too thick and fucking thin. You know what I'm saying? Things happen. And it's the women that fucking stayed. What do you think? Those women that you see that have been with their husbands for 37 years didn't have problems in their fucking relationship? You don't think they did? 
will think fucking again. At the 20-year mark, everybody hates everybody, all right? <laughs> <laughs> everybody hates everybody at the 20-year mark. Yeah, it was funny. Kelly, okay. Kelly Kirsten, who's another comedian, uh, used to make fun of what something I said. I, you know, she was like, well, so why do you stay with Joey? And I said, because Joey will take a bullet for me. If nothing else, I know that <laughs> Joe Diaz would take a bullet for me. And she made a joke of it. She goes, my friend Terry said she'd stay with him because he took a bullet for me. But honestly, I just don't get shot at that much. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's a good thing for you because you ain't got nobody who'd take a bullet for you. But I do. You know, uh, luckily, no, I don't get shot at that much either. But um, it, it's not just a, you know, a real bullet. He... Joey gets a little nervous with some things. Like, Joey can't stand to see me sick. He doesn't do well with that. Uh, so he's doing exceptionally well with the pregnancy. Yeah, and let's talk about the pregnancy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't know if we talked about this, I don't think, on the podcast, that it was Mother's Day. Joey and Terry come over. I'm having a barbecue. Terry doesn't say shit. It's fucking Mother's Day. So and I she had taken knew the test that whole the day time. before. I can't believe you could even keep that a secret even that long. I had almost burst into tears like three times that day because uh, before we got over here, uh, Joey had got in that morning from, I don't remember where he was at, um, but I picked him up at the airport and he goes, I'm sorry, I didn't get your Mother's Day present for you yet. And all in the back of my head is like, you have no idea, you actually gave me the only Mother's Day present. And I didn't say anything to him, and I didn't say anything all day over here. You know, I turned down the beer, no cigarettes, I know. no nothing, I know. I was like, and no one, up? no one said anything. I was like, they're gonna so get it, they're gonna figure it out. Nobody figured it out. And then the next morning, uh, I was like, you know, I think I need to get to the doctor. Well, my cell phone has a tendency to die over mm-hmm. at the doctor's office, so I didn't want him to panic because he couldn't get a hold of me so I was like uh, I need to tell him I'm going into the doctor and uh, he, I said I, I need to go to Kaiser because and he's like why because I, I think I'm pregnant he goes what makes you think that uh, the two tests I took on Saturday thank you very much and his face was just it it's like I wiped all the energy out of his body <laughs> and I was like, are you all right? Can I get you something? A blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> did you say that? No. Yes, you did. Don't lie. It's like Alka's house. It always hits the spot. You know what I'm I was like, okay. Oh, my God. My life is going to change. Will you give me a blowjob? I really could use one right now. <laughs> That's the only thing that can make a pregnancy thing better. <laughs> it's got to come with a blowjob or an ice cube in the air, something to just destroy you. I was like, you. are you serious? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, am I, what am I going to say? <laughs> it may be the last you get for a little bit. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know this part. All right. Yeah, these okay. are the things you fucking find out for okay, me. I know. Like, well, now I know. You know I'm a filthy animal? I can't. I can't. Just because I'm having job. a kid. I'm still a filthy animal. <laughs> no, it, uh, no. I mean, were you like, uh, yeah, that, that's just, I can't even imagine how petrified you must have been when you heard that, Joey. I was more petrified. I, I'm telling him. 
because he kept saying for years and years and years, I don't want kids. You don't understand how it is. I'm not good with them. I don't want them. I don't want them. I don't want them. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to tell him? I'm 42 years old and you're going to have kids. Felicia Michaels, in this life, you have to answer for everything in your life. <laughs> I would say so, Joey Diaz. And I, and, I, and I know that there's a lot of young listeners. Always remember, guys, you have to answer for everything in your life. Uh, three years ago, I went and spoke to somebody, and I knew that my wife wasn't copacetic. Something wasn't right. We were together nine years. When you're together nine years and you're not married, you're not going nowhere. It's like being a dead-end job. You didn't get promoted to manager. You know, and I knew it wouldn't have grown. I knew that the relationship wouldn't have grown. It was, and I called her up and I proposed on the phone. You know, what are you doing in November? Would you like to get married? You know, and we worked it out within two weeks. And you photographed uh-huh. some great pictures, our memories. You made a beautiful video slide, and we did it. And uh, I, I did that because I never thought. I thought that if somebody was going to knock on the door, they're not going to knock no more. It's over. We had gotten the knock on the door. Two oh, yeah. of them. We got the knock Somebody on the door. Somebody stole my credit, and we had to get mm-hmm. evicted because of the cats. Yeah. So we had gotten the two knocks on the door that we were going to get. So the next step was to get married. And no, we, fact, had got, get, we had gotten We got married. We got to know this on Friday and move out. But it's funny that when she told me about the child, the first thing that struck in my mind is you got to answer for everything. As you know, I have a 22-year-old daughter, and it didn't work out. Just things happen in a, in a marriage. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 20 years, but at this point in my life, it didn't work out. Did I fail the child? Yes. Did she fail the child? Yes. But that's a complete different story. The story is that I had an answer for that child. Here, I didn't want kids. I also didn't want to get married. I also didn't want to do a fucking podcast. You know what I'm saying, Felicia? <laughs> yeah. So your life evolves, and it evolves for the better. Right now, what can I do? I'm in hustle mode. I'm in street hustle didn't, mode. I, for years, told him, that he needed the thing that was going to make him stand out from everybody else was you have to tell your stories of how you grew up because you don't he was embarrassed by it you know and I was like you don't understand that nobody else has anything comparable to that because for us a big story was we got to go see a concert or we got to go see the Cardinals play your story was you were going up and down the I-95 corridor with your parents and your mother was running numbers and nobody she has an alias but nobody else's childhood is like that you know it's it, it's what makes you so unique and interesting and and what makes people want to forgive your craziness and without it, you're just crazy. <laughs> if everyone thinks your yeah. childhood was like everybody else's childhood, then you're just crazy. And there's nothing interesting there. But if you tell them why you're crazy, it makes them involved in your life and makes them believe in you. But otherwise, you're just a nutcase. Felicia, the first time you met Terry, were you blown away for two days? Oh, the because I met Terry uh, on your wedding day, and uh, and I'm like here I'm to take pictures, and then you're gonna put your dress on. And the first time I laid my eyes on you, I thought to myself, I this I how did Joey Diaz pull this down? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Honestly, I was like, this wow, you know, I was that was my thought. Like you were so beautiful. 
Oh, yeah. You know? No, and I'm sweet and no, well, you know. <laughs> but we we she doesn't smoke pot. She's never smoked pot. She has no interest in smoking pot. I hate pot. You know, uh, she's a reader. I'm a reader. She likes her free time. I like my free time. That's the, I think one of the best components of our relationship. So People get so. Yang. How do you stand him being out of town? I love him being out of I town. Like, you know, we're so <laughs> yin and yangish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really weird to see that opposites do attract. And you don't know who. This has been a lesson for me. I've told her a thousand times already to write a book. Because what she did was take a a 37-year-old boy and really turn him into a man. It's it's Through this marriage and through my relationship with women like you and her, I realize how important women are to a man's life. And a lot of guys don't know that. They don't understand that, and they don't want to fucking suck it in. You have to have good women around you because they ground you. They really fucking ground you as friends and as your significant other, and it's also important for women to have a different point of view in their life with a guy. When we do the podcast, do you think that people listen to our two voices and go, what the fuck is that? Yes, when people I, see us yes, on a video together, that, <laughs> you know, uh, you get along with the people do. that you least expect. That's true. It's true. And this is what this book has taught me. I, man, I hated being with women because I never wanted to. I never had a mom. Mm-hmm. How the fuck are you gonna be a mom to a kid who didn't have a mom? Women don't listen in today's world, but they want a man. Then they're fucking a thousand, and they're like, "Well, listen, the guy didn't have a fucking mom. You're gonna go in there and tell him to sweep? Are you fucking crazy?" You give a guy like that rope, and eventually he hangs himself, and this is what happens. This is what happens. It either works out or it doesn't. They come to realize that my my wife never said dick to me, nothing. She knew everything the whole time. She never said dick, and I knew she never. And I knew she knew. Yeah, like you, you have must have a huge capacity for forgiveness. I have a huge capacity for bullshit. It wasn't bullshit or forgiveness. I wasn't doing. Nothing wrong. Oh. I, was, I had an addiction. <laughs> I had an addiction. I had an addiction. It wasn't like I was coming home and beating on it. It was nothing like I was going to strip clubs. Not like I was disrespecting it in no sense. I was disrespecting myself. And when you disrespect yourself, it carries over into other components of your life. When you disrespect yourself, you disrespect those around Every you. Every people around you. And it's uh, and I got sick and tired of doing that. I got sick and tired of disrespecting myself. At one point, you owe more to yourself. And you know, when you're young, man, it's amazing, Felicia, your outlooks. And you you know it. When you're young, you bump into people. Well, hey, I wanted to be Charles Bronson. The last thing I wanted was a broad fucking hanging around. That was it. I wanted to sleep on a couch and shoot people at night. And that was my life. And every once in a while, you got a, a strange piece at a bus station or something. Like <laughs> in hard times or something like that. But that's not the way life right. turns out sometimes. Sometimes you meet somebody opposite you. We were eating in Las Vegas. Fucking, what's the guy's name? The farmer. Oh, Stopped his meal and came over. Matt Hughes, who is a born-again Christian fighter. I did a show. He was there at the show. And that day I look and he's like this. He goes, I, I've just been sitting over there and I just don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you're so quiet and refined and he's out of his fucking mind. And it's an amazing combination to see, but it works. It works, and and I put effort into it. I really have put effort into it over the years. You know, you when and I, I was I I don't think I'm what I look like on the outside. I don't think my personality is uh, 
best represented by my outside appearance because I seem like a right sweet I look like well, you're preaching to the choir on that one sister <laughs> and I'm like you're taking yeah. it on face value yeah you know I am uh, people at work are certainly aware of the fact that I am quite the bitch um, and it's not that I am a, a bitch because I enjoy being a bitch it's I just don't take a lot of shit you know and and I did take a lot from Joey I Joey took a lot from me you know I got really angry one day and stabbed myself in the hand with a knife and Joey nearly went to the bricks on that one that was fun uh, you know I, I'm a whack job I just don't look like a whack job on the outside but uh, I think that's a lot of why Joey and I m meshed so well is he looks like a whack job. He just didn't want to be one, but everyone expects him to be one. And so he, therefore, you know, a, a good portion of the, the first part of our relationship, he was doing everything he could possibly do to live up to other people's expectations of him and not his own expectations or and not what he really wanted from himself you know he was so busy trying to be the person everyone else thought he was and that was not a good person and I'm so busy trying to be the opposite so it's we're a weird pair so, <clears throat> what does it feel like to carry the seed of Joey Diaz? <laughs> um, it, uh, I got to tell you, it hasn't 100% hit home. It, <laughs> it, hit home. it hits home occasionally. And uh, I told Joey it hits home more when I'm in Target in the baby section than anywhere else that I am ill-equipped for this and I don't know what I'm doing. And it freaks me out so badly. And I'm not the type of person who likes to be ill-equipped. I like to be very prepared, know exactly what I'm getting into in step-by-step instructions. And I have done all my research. And I don't know what I'm doing, and it's scaring me to death. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm a little freaked out, uh, especially since I, you know, for 12 years, I thought we couldn't do this. So for it to come when I'm 42, I'm a little blindsided. Uh, but you had kind of really wanted that. And I then, wanted it all and my then life. Came but I, to the conclusion yeah. like, no, that's just not going to happen for us. Yeah. So. And so I kind of gave up on it earlier, maybe last year. And uh, I was really upset about it too. And uh, so I kind of put it behind me and kind of stopped thinking about it. And now I'm just like, um, maybe I should have given it a little bit more thought <laughs> before I put that to bed I'm uh, no I don't know what I'm doing and it's freaking me out I don't know the difference between this car seat and that car seat I don't oh, know you're gonna be just fine you're gonna be just fine I had put it behind me and I had accepted it but mm -hmm. again my parents died early and I lived with other people and I could see where the tide was going I live in California my friends grew up in Jersey. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they think is going on out here, but their kids always say, I like to go visit Coco. So I always thought, and I've been saying it for a year, and, and the next year, somebody's going to live with us. Either a niece, a nephew, 
and I was ready to accept it. Somebody who maybe is having a problem and they want their kid to grow up around me, whatever, I don't fucking know. So I always expected something was coming. So I always knew. I just didn't know. It was a fucking my own baby. I thought it was like <laughs> a niece or maybe your eldest. You know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know, sometimes things happen and people call you and go, dog, you got to take the fucking kid for a couple of months. Bring it on, bitch. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? So I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to be my own child. And like I said, I knew that I had this coming to me. I knew that there was going to be a knock on the door eventually. Fucking, and I was laughing six months ago because I read somewhere that some guy was 52. Don Johnson had a kid a couple of years ago. Don Johnson was 60 when he had a fucking kid. I'm like, what is this epidemic of these older guys mm -hmm. having fucking kids? I mean, and look what happens. I was even writing a joke about it. I found a joke the other day <laughs> in the notebook that I was starting to write, like why they wanted to do this to their lives. These are your golden years. Now you got to change a fucking diaper. You know, how am I going to be Charles Bronson when I got to change diapers at 51, you know? So these are the things, and now I've accepted it. It's not in front of me. I'm, the I'm like, a kid to me right now is like insurance. I can't do nothing with it. It's a piece of paper. I don't really see. What's insurance? Mm -hmm. That's why it's the toughest sale out there, because you don't know what it is to me. But once I see the child, I'm preparing for it. And my big thing right now is just to keep her happy. Just to have, you know, she's 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 not 26, you know. It's, it's a little harder, so... We're both little, you know, and we're strong. You know, obviously she had, she got pregnant because she was going to yoga. Obviously she got pregnant because my sperm was good. I'm eating good. I'm taking vitamins. I'm getting sun, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm lifting, I'm doing sit-ups. So, you know, man, if this is what whoever out there controls this world wants, then so be it. We'll make it work. I feel a lot better now because the, ch the kid's got a godmother. And uh, he heard it or she heard it today live. He's in there Thank going, Godmother. Thank you for asking me, you guys. I met my yeah. fucking parents and I got a godmother. But it's very important to me. And that's why these are the little ways that I right. prepare, you know. Joey Diaz, I would love for you to be the godfather to my boys. But if I did, I'm, I think my ex would take me back to <laughs> yeah, court. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <take me> back. <laughs> so uh, that was, that's the only thing stopping me. You know, when I was a kid, my godfather <clears throat> used to pick me up and take me to movies. <laughs> he would take me to movies and he'd. You know, he was just different. He was the father that you could ask questions to. Yeah. And when my mother died, you know, he came around and then something happened. I didn't see him. So when he did come back in my life, I was very angry at him because he had been there all these years. Mm -hmm. I lost contact with him. And there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about him because he was really important to my development. He showed me a few things that they just right. eased the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what godfathers and godmothers do. They ease the situation. So, and he was married to a woman that was supposed to be amazing as a woman, and she was my godmother, but she left him. And for years, when I would go to Miami as a child, mm -hmm. my mother's friends would give me money and go, your godmother sent you. Like, she would send me fucking tons of shit. I lost, so I know the importance of it. And I'm not saying I want you to be the godmother of the second presence. Uh, being a godparent is a, is a state of mind. It's not presence or that shit or gifts. It's a state of mind. The kid knows he's at ease. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You have a relationship with the kid. Yeah. It's a beautiful fucking thing. No, it's going to be awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Because nobody was as excited about our child as when I told you. you were, I know. You were I possibly was like, the first, literally like. You were probably the first person Because you came over here and you're like, dog, dog, I got to talk to you. I gotta, and I was like, what? Like, what's going on? I thought you were going to yell at me. And he's totally like, Terry's pregnant. And literally I was like, shut the fuck up. Fuck you. <laughs>
You're like, Terry Diaz, you secret keeper. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe you could keep that secret. Anyway, well, um, thank you so much for coming on and being pretty blunt about Joey. I mean, I've always had those kind of questions about, like, what what that was all about. And uh, and uh, it's it's interesting, you know. Sometimes in life you do stumble across people that, are just uh, not only someone that you love, but someone that's going to help change you as a person to, into a better person. This wasn't uh, your regular thing from the start, Felicia. It was like, uh, I hate the word. I don't want to put it out there because people get confused. She was really like my soulmate. We, something just evolved and we just kept, and I was having hard times and she was having hard times. I mean, when I got Spider-Man too, we were living on nothing. You know, she wasn't working. She was working at Starbucks. When I got the longest yard, I went I had, to fucking. No, I had actually just started at the when you got the longest yard. Yeah. I had just started with the L.A. Phil. I mean, Felicia, this is when I got the longest yard. I went on the bus with seven dollars and a pack of cigarettes and a butt of weed. I mean, and that's that was everything. Yeah. No ATM card then. No nothing. Yeah. So uh, this wasn't a relationship that was like a, a it was like a, a personal goal relationship. We both mm-hmm. achieved personal things together and that's why I'm happy that she's my wife and I'm happy that she's gonna have my baby and I'm happy that we're gonna stay together forever I'm not saying I love you with all my heart I'm just saying that <laughs> you're a badass the feeling bitch feeling is you know <laughs> we're going to San Francisco motherfuckers that's right tell them the dates Felicia um, July 11th and then uh, up to Sacramento after that from so. the 12th to the 15th of the yep. Sacramento Punchline mm-hmm. yep. and we're at the Sa- and we're at the San Francisco Cobbs on a Wednesday night I think we're staying right down the hill fucking it's tremendous it's gonna be fun dude it's gonna I'm be very fun we're gonna have shirts it. for you yeah. motherfuckers and everything next time you scratch your fucking nuts if you feel something down there go to see a doctor before you go if you want the facts go to the webpage ballcancersucks.com Read the thing, get a fucking t-shirt, get 20% off, and press in B-A-B-D, 20%, you get your fuck. Why are you looking at me like that, Felicia? Because I'm just amazed that you can just keep going and pitching that material when I would stumble around like 20 You know me, I don't fuck around, I don't have time. These are our sponsors. I love these motherfuckers. (laughs) I know, me too. I need people to go support these guys. Also, Felicia, drop the other bomb on um, would you please go to iTunes uh, to give us a little review? Because when you give us a review, it bumps us up on the hot list so that other people can discover us and uh, and, and enjoy uh, the hour as we enjoy our hour. Right, Joey? That's right, my love. And uh, you can also email Joey. Uh, he does answer the emails at uh, beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we're going to be at the Nashville motherfucking Zanies August 15th. I'll keep you posted on details. Without that, Felicia... I love you. Have a happy 4th of July. Everybody out there, have a happy 4th of July. And uh, uh, congratulations to you, too. Thank you. Again. Congratulations to you, Godmother. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Stay black. Oh, Throw a kiss, Felicia. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs>